In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about weaponizing domestic appliances against a goddess, casting Moonbeam on Goodyville, and everyone's new favorite band, Kirk and the Church Mommies, in our discussion of Hex U by PC Cast and Kristen Cast. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to discuss Hex You by PC Cast and Kristen Cast. Standard disclaimer! If you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book. Then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. (laughs) It's the end! It's the end of the trilogy! It is. It feels like it's gone by very quickly. Yeah. That's my initial thought, end. I think. <laughs> that, it's, that it's just over so quickly. Yeah. But that's the I, that's I feel the like they did get the series out very quickly. They did? Yeah. Yes. They're just so talented. And then they can just bust through entire series in no time. Which we know this about PC. She was publishing those House of Night books like two or three a year. She just does not stop. No, she doesn't. She's got magical powers. She's got three freaking books out this year. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I know. It's insane. <laughs> I wish I could write as much as she does. <laughs> I know. For more on PC having three books out this year, listen to our bonus episode where we talk to PC Cast. Yay! Yay! <laughs> She's so great. Do we have any other background <laughs> apart from the fact there's a bonus? Yes, yes. So I was lamenting the fact that I couldn't find any really good information to you because, like, we've talked to PC Cast a million times, and I was just going to be like, go and listen to the bonus episode. And then you were like, but what about the Nuriona? So I decided to look into the Nuriona a little bit, and it turns out that I have a book with the Nuriona in it. It's called The Encyclopedia of Spirits by Judica Isles. And I just decided I was going to just flip through and see if the Nuriona was in here because this book, the subtitle is The Ultimate Guide to the Magic of Fairies, Genies, Demons, Ghosts, Gods, and Goddesses. So I thought, okay, well, it's definitely going to be in here. And it is. And it was. And I learned that... Nuriona means wet woman. Ugh. And so just her whole her whole shtick is that she's just constantly wet. Ugh. And yeah. And you know, it's basically exactly like in the book. She's she's there and she has she may or may not have a baby. She's probably sad and the times when she does have a baby in lore, she asks you to hold her baby because she's just so tired. And then when you hold the baby, it's actually just like a bundle of leaves or sticks or stones. And it gets real heavy real fast. And then you just fall to the ground and then the Nariona eats you. This sounds awfully familiar. 
she grabs her own reference book. Nice. Um, but then I also found a reference online from yokai.com. And I chose this information because they refer to the Nuriona being vampiric. And I thought, okay, well, all vampires all the time. So their diet is blood, obviously. But I just... I just needed to bring in a vampire, I guess. I don't know. Is that sad? That's kind no. of sad. I I swear I've read this information before. Um, there you might also find something called a Yuki Ona. They're very similar. Yeah, I think it might be slightly different. This one. Uh, it's a Yama Uba, which is an elderly crone that inhabits the forests of the mountains of Japan. Is it this one? Because there's a story. Yeah, it's quite similar. So it's it's different, but apparently does have vampiric tendencies as well. But it's more of a witch than a vampire. There is another vampire that is... Mm. Sorry, there's another witch that is vampiric. But I think that's a different yeah. culture as well. Which I'm sure I sent you the me- a picture and was like, you need to cosplay this at some time. But yeah, the, the, it's quite, I'm it pretty quite, sure, quite common themes. I'm pretty sure I remember you sending yes, me something like that Yes, I just like found it. At some it point. the Bruxa of the, of the Iberian folklore. A vampiric menace born of how witchcraft. Do you, how, how do you spell that? Um, it is B-R-U-X-A. In my book, which Let is the, the Field Guide to Witches, which is an artist's grimoire of 20 witches and their worlds. It's very good. Oh, I have Bruxa Evora from Brazil. She's a witch. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're similar. In any form she chooses. I wouldn't be surprised if they're similar because... Oh, yeah, this... Migration. <laughs> right. Well... Yeah, the, the Iberian is, is like Portugal, Spain area, so that would make sense. Yeah. She is a matron of those who practice the magical arts. And she's also portrayed as a stereotypical crone with a broomstick. So not the same as a Nuriona, really, at all, but... I love yeah, that we both got out reference it? books. It's so interesting that the folklore behind them. I know. This book is really fun. There's a whole lot of mystical creatures in it. What and is it I really again? I should just It's the Encyclopedia of Spirits here. Let me hold it up. It looks yeah. so unassuming actually. It doesn't look like it would be from the foot cover filled with that kind of cool information. Well, I mean, there's some nice things in it, too. It's not all murdersome beasts. Oh, that's a shame. That's just us. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so you said your initial thoughts were it's over really quickly. Yeah. Or some some such. Yeah, it's just... I mean, I'm excited to be at the end. I'm excited to, to have a resolution. You know... It's nice to have a trilogy. You know, we like standalones, we like duologies, we like trilogies because you get such a nice, yeah. compact story. It's not drawn out. Yes. And yeah, I feel, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied. Me too. Me too. I'm very satisfied, especially with the ending. 
But we're not there yet. We're only at the beginning. So we should just get started. Yeah. Amphitrite, goddess of the sea, spurned and discarded by witch hunter Goody, is sneaking along the shores of Goody Lake, eavesdropping on crazed zealot Jana Ashley. Thinking she's going to find some fornicators in the lake. <laughs> Doll fornicators. They're just peeing. That's all they're doing. That went Thinking <laughs> she's going to find, it did, some fornicators in the lake. Jana actually finds a body. As she cries out against the devil who is clearly responsible for this body, Amphitrite appears. Jana Thinking Amphitrite is God, asks for help. Amphitrite tells her she must destroy the witches, Hunter and Mercy Goody. I, can I just say, this is a pre-surprise. Mm. I am surprised that Jana Ashley, like huge zealot, looking for fornicators in the woods, immediately is okay with God being a woman. Yeah. Because that just doesn't seem like a thing. So, way to go, Jana Ashley, for that. But, oh my God, back the fuck up. I, I, I think it's disgusting that, you know, she's out searching for fornicators. Like, who's the pervert there? Yeah. Yeah, that just seems to be what these crazy zealots do. They go out looking for trouble. When it doesn't exist. The people who go out looking for it are the ones who are committing it. Yep. Yeah. Anywho. Hunter. Anyway. Hunter. That's one this is Hunter. Hunter rides her bike to the Duham Palm in search of Guardian Kenti Ameti, trying to find mercy. But instead, she's greeted by six other warriors who refuse to answer to her. Xena, Catwoman and Familiar, runs up to meet Hunter and together they ride off in search of mercy. Mercy, meanwhile, is in Dwat, the Egyptian underworld, with Kenti and his mother Merit. Kenti has just killed a ton of demon baboons in order to keep them hidden. Mercy, with the blessing of the Egyptian goddess Hathor, uses her green witch powers to create a shadowing spell over Kenti's mother's home. Properly hidden, they begin to try to figure out how to contact Hunter again, but then they get a message from her. She has found them. Yay! She used the Find My Friend app. She did. (laughs) Hunter is at the Doom Palm, trying to figure out a way to get to Mercy when Jax and Emily show up. Hunter, with her cosmic powers from Tyr and her twin connection to Mercy, is able to contact her sister. But soon, Amphitrite shows up. She threatens Hunter, still mad about, you know, being banished from her side. See book two! And tells Hunter that the townsfolk are coming for her. And Jackson and Emily back this up. Amphitrite offers her help, but we all know that she's going to take something in return. Then she threatens Jackson and Emily. Oh no. Hunter lifts a poppet she brought for exactly this purpose and begins tying it with string, binding the goddess's body with tear's power. Now that she has the power of a goddess in the palm of her hand, and Amphitrite is bound and unable to harm anyone, sure, uh uh-huh, whatever, Hunter knows she can use this power to create a portal to retrieve her sister and Kenti. And she does! Yay! It's actually really cool how, like, how fast that happened. It was, it was awesome. 
yeah, it was almost like one of those scenes that you would think would be a climactic ending of a book. Not, you know... But now, I just... Th- right it just shows how powerful Hunter is becoming. <laughs> Once everyone is back together, they head to Hunter and Mercy's house, where Jax tells them about the body of the woman found at the lake. Kenty has planned to go back to the Egyptian underworld to help his mother, but when he learns that there are murderers in the area, he decides to stay because it is his warrior's duty, even though his father stripped him of that and all the rest of his powers. Zena tells him that his father may have taken away his status as guardian, but he cannot take his powers, and to prove it, she tells him to summon his magic weapon, his kapesh, which he's able to do with absolutely no problem. They decide that they're going to appeal to Osiris for his mother's freedom and also stop everyone in town from thinking they're witches who will bring about the end of the world. It's a bit of a leap, really, isn't it? It is. It's a lot. It's a lot on their little shoulders all at one time. (laughs) Jax and Emily leave. Hunter goes to bed and Xena goes to clean up the catnip toys from the guest bedroom that the other stray cats have brought in and are playing with on the guest bed. Not at all Xena playing with toys. (laughs) Mercy takes this opportunity alone with Kenty to show him her greenhouse. He's never heard of a tomato before, which is a shame because they're the best. But he enjoys being in the greenhouse because it reminds him of his mother. He also enjoys Mercy and they kiss. But Mercy wants to take things slow with Kenty because of how shitty Kirk was. And they did just break up like a few days ago. Zena calls them back inside and Mercy begins telling Kenty all about toilets before they go to sleep. <laughs> Look, look, indoor plumbing. Ooh. Ooh, indoor plumbing. It's going to be big. No! (laughs) Aphrodite, her body being vanished, is now nothing more than a pissed-off vapour. She floats invisibly around Goodyville, looking for any way to harm Hunter, and she's found perhaps the perfect way. She spots Jax on the football field during practice with his phone out, and when she tries to speak to him, he distractedly runs into someone else. Jax isn't affected by Amphrodite's whisperings because he loves Hunter so much, so she tells the boy he ran into that he did it on purpose because of the witches, and that they need to burn. He tries to fight Jax, but Jax is like, you're being stupid, and leaves. Yay, Jax God, I love sensible. Jax. I love Jack so much. Hunter is sitting at a burger place, ordering a shake and fries, waiting on Jax to meet her. Hunter is worried that Jax is going to tell her he hates her and that they can't be friends anymore, but he only gets close to that. He's still her best friend, but he wants her to dissolve the love spell he put on him and Kylie because Kylie seems to be obsessed with him instead of in love with him. Hunter explains everything to Jax, that Amphitrite tricked her and made her use blood magic to power a spell book and made her kill a homeless person, and that Jax's mother saw her using blood magic and then Hunter denied it, and now everyone thinks she's crazy. <laughs> all of this takes place in book two. P.S. Go back. Listen to our it, episode. It, it does all two. sound kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Kylie comes in, and now a little miffed, Jax leaves with her. Before they exit, Kylie tells Hunter that everyone in town was right about her being a witch, and she dumps a chocolate shake on her. 
Hunter thinks that she needs to leave Goodyeville behind. As Hunter heads home, covered in chocolate shape with plans to retrieve and destroy Amphrodite's spellbook, minus the page she needs to break the spell between Jax and Kylie, no honour lurks around near the body she drained. But then she realises that she is desiccating. So she slithers back into her hole at the cherry tree and back into the Japanese underworld. Amphrodite floats to the cherry tree a short while later and summons no owner, convincing her to do her bidding. Later, Hunter calls Jax to go with her to check to see if the cherry tree is healed. It's not. And at first, Hunter is surprised, but then she realizes that the spell she used to heal it was given to her by Amphitrite. So it obviously wouldn't do what Hunter thought it would, because Amphitrite is a crazy goddess bent on revenge. As Hunter and Jax examine the tree, they find a small hole surrounded by weird mucus, and they determine that the creature that killed the woman by the lake came from this hole and left this trail. But what could it be? Hunter tries to use her ley line magic to find out, but the magic doesn't work. That's weird. Mm. While Hunter and Jax are at the Japanese gate, Mercy, Emily and Kenty are preparing to check out the Hindu gate. Before they leave, Mercy and Emily talk BFF to BFF. Emily tells Mercy how selfish and inconsiderate she's been and how she never thinks of anyone but herself. And Mercy, thankfully, finally <laughs> listens. Oh my thank god. Goodness. Thank goodness. Oh my goddess. Yes. <sighs> finally. At last. You've done the world a service, Emily. Yes. Ugh. They gather their supplies and go to the banyan tree, the Hindu gate. But the tree smells horrible, so Emily stays behind while Mercy and Kenty try to heal it. Mercy pukes and then tries to summon power from the ley line, but it doesn't work very well. She asks the tree if anything has passed through it from the underworld, and it says no. So that's good, but the tree is getting sick, which isn't good at all. Mercy and Kenty then talk about him returning to his mother in the Egyptian underworld, but he won't leave until he helps Mercy. She wishes they could stay together forever, but that's probably not going to happen. As they leave the tree, planning to get pizza, Mercy feels like someone is watching them from the nearby cornfield. Oh no, you don't trust anything watching from cornfields. Cornfields are evil. Nope. Nope. Someone was watching. Ugh. Was it a clown? No, it's was a, clown. It a clown. It's worse. It's not even murderous cl- It's not a murderous clown or, you know, some kind of creepy okay. scarecrow. It's fucking Kirk, the douchebag. Oh, fucking Kirk. Well, he got kicked off the football team for assaulting the twins. So, you know, he already hates them. But as he spots Ken- Mercy and Kenty working on the Hindu gate at the banyan tree, Amphrodite wafts up on a salty breeze and tells him to make them pay. He thinks Mercy has been cheating on him with Kenty, which makes him even angrier. So there's absolutely no telling what he's going to do. She's already unreasonable Yikes. and now he's got a goddess whispering to him. Yikes. 
Nuriona has been tasked by Amphitrite to watch out for Jax and Kylie, and she spots Kylie out in a field with her friends. Amphitrite has promised Nuriona that she can be with her drowned child again if she helps her destroy the witches, and that's all she's ever wanted. She sneaks up, ready to strike, but listens first. She hears the group of girls discussing the witches and the loss of their mother. Kylie tells them to stop talking badly about them, and they do, but then she tries to call Jax and gets Hunter instead. This is when they're at the restaurant. Just as Nuriona is about to strike, an adult comes by and Kylie rushes away to dump a chocolate shake on Hunter's face. Mercy, Emily and Kenji leave the banyan tree and head to the pizzeria to pick up dinner, including Zena's tuna and cheese pizza. Mmm, delish. As they approach Main Street, the air gets humid and they see adults fighting over petty arguments and road rage. It's very odd. Mercy thinks she hears the sound of waves, but she must be mistaken. They go inside to get the food and the restaurant owner says he has had to kick three people out that day, which is not usual at all. Mm. Let's go. Back at home, they discuss their day and how everyone seems to be going bonkers. They decide that maybe another witch has hexed the town, but Xena would know if another witch was around. Kenti believes it is a water monster causing the problems because every incident has involved water or the air had been heavy with it at the time. No one thinks of Amphitrite because they believe that she was banished. Hunter and Jax describe the hole at the bottom of the cherry tree, so they decide that the monster is from the Japanese underworld, but they don't know who or what it could be. Time to research! Get out the Encyclopedia of Spirits, everyone. (laughs) Go to your local library. Please do! While Mercy and Kenty Google, Hunter plans to read her tarot cards and then go to sleep, but instead she makes a to-do list. She plans to find out what the goo creature is, stop it, fix Kylie slash remove the spell she did on her to make her love Jax, leave Goodyville and finish her book. She goes to talk to Mercy and Kenty, but determines they don't need her at all, so she goes to bed. Ah, I love a to-do list. So, oh, it's so sad. You love her to-do list? I love a to-do list. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. They're good. They're very good. Mm, They're very helpful. Mm. The next day, Mercy finds that Kenti has been Googling and found incorrect information about ancient Egypt and also what the water monster probably is. A Nuriona, a Japanese water demon that is part snake, part sad woman, who lures mostly women to their deaths in or near water with the sounds of a crying baby. When the victim investigates, the Nuriona strikes, poisoning them into paralysis and draining them of their blood. That sounds about right. They decide that after school, they're going to search for snakeskins. But right now, Mercy wants to do a spell with Hunter. The twins go to Mercy's greenhouse and she apologizes to Hunter for being a selfish bitch. And then they do a twin love spell that is super silly but really sweet to try and heal their relationship. It mostly works, but when they try to summon the ley line to seal the spell, it doesn't respond to either of them. That just can't be right. Not knowing what to do, they go back inside, but their relationship is so much better. 
They talk about Kenty and how much Mercy likes them, even though they haven't known each other for long, and how much they miss their mom. Zena rushes them off to school after this, and the sisters question whether, while they're away at school, Zena will trick Kenty into eating a sparrow. Her favourite snack while she's in cat form. <laughs> please I'm see bonus I'm pretty episode. sure that she could do it. <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> Hunter and Mercy get to school a little earlier than usual and find keys on the ground belonging to a cheerleader. Mercy badmouths them at first, but Hunter calls her out and they decide that they're going to find the cheerleaders and be nice. As they explain that they are witches, but they're not bad, and help the cheerleaders carry tumbling mats to their practice field, they find the cheerleading coach's corpse in the cornfield. Oh my god, not cornfields again! Cornfields are evil places. They are. Beware of cornfields. Beware. As the cheerleaders scream and cry and call for help, Hunter and Mercy look around for clues. They spot a snakeskin and know the creature they need to find is a Nuriona. I think I'll just leave town at this point. I don't want to deal with a Nuriona. Just nope. Just nope out of there. Nope out of there. Amphrodite is angry at Nuriona for eating the cheerleading coach, but there's nothing to be done about it now. She's well dead. <laughs> she threatens the snake woman that she will not reunite her with her son if she doesn't do as she's told and kill Kylie. Or, she adds as an afterthought, the cat. <gasps> no. 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 Back no. away, bitch. You will stay away from Xena. Later in the school day, Hunter sits, thinking about her to-do list, and decides to cross one item off. Break the spell between Kylie and Jax. She asks to be excused from her class and finds Jax and Kylie in the cafeteria and takes them outside to a secluded spot. She pulls the page from the spell book that she kept and tells Kylie to set it on fire and tells Jax to bury the ashes. Spell broken, Kylie slaps Hunter and storms away. Jax follows, but... He still likes Hunter, unlike Kylie. I mean, to be fair, it's a deserved slap. Yeah, because you know what? Sometimes, Claire, you gotta slap a bitch. Sometimes you gotta slap a bitch, yeah. I also think Jack should have had a slap as well from Kylie. Everyone, just take turns slapping each other. Yeah, just have a a massive slap fest. Anywho, that evening... There is a vigil at the school stadium for the cheerleading coach and nearly everyone in town is there, including Amphrotite. She spreads her hatred around and makes the air heavy with humidity. Jax's mom, Jaina, is trying to convince other mothers that Hunter and Mercy are witches who are worshipping the devil when Amphrotite leads Kirk to aid her. They team up and convince the other mothers to consult with their husbands. <sighs> as is only proper, according to the Bible, God, I want to say, to decide what to do about the witches. Side note, personal opinion, fuck that shit. Fuck all of that shit. Rage, mm, anger, zealots. boiling blood, mm. flames, 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 flames. Nuriona desperately wants to do Amphitrite's bidding so that the goddess will reunite her with her lost son. As she's thinking about that, Amphitrite calls to her, letting her know that the cat is nearby. 
As Nariona goes to strike at Xena, who is stalking bird prey, Amphitrite tells her not to kill the cat, only to injure it. Thank you, Amphitrite. Thank you. Thank you, Amphitrite, for deciding not to kill Xena. Nariona strikes with her claws, leaving a gash in Xena's shoulder, but Xena gets in a few good scratches, too. Yeah. She is a mighty huntress. Hunter, Mercy, and Canty are waiting for Xena to get home from hunting birds and are talking about their day. Hunter and Mercy are pretty much hated by everyone, and so they decide they need to watch some Buffy the Vampire Slayer to feel better. I heartily agree. (laughs) They pop some popcorn and get ready to binge while also working out a plan to kill the new owner. Mercy has an idea, but just as she's about to share it, a brick comes flying through the window with a Bible verse on it. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Oh, that's great. And also, so unimaginative. Kenty rushes out to see if he can catch the culprit, but no. Mercy calls the police, but the receptionist tells them that there's nothing the sheriff can do since no one was hurt and they didn't see who did it. But maybe if they came to church more, someone would be willing to help. Excuse me. Uh, Excuse me. Fuck off. Rage. Flames. Fuck all the way off. Just as we think the night can't get any worse. Xena comes in, bloody says something about the snake and Amphrodite and then passes out. Oh, oh Zena! Not Zena. She is too precious. The next day, Hunter leaves to talk to Kylie. So Mercy, Kenty, and Zena, then later Emily, develop a plan to trap the Nuriona. Zena, who is perfectly, divinely healed, tells her tale of what happened the night before and how she saw Amphitrite even though Hunter banished her. Apparently, Hunter only banished Amphitrite's body. So though she can't physically hurt them without corporeal form, she can still mist around the townsfolk fucking shit up. And she uses the Nuriona to attack them, which is why they have to kill the Nuriona. They plan to hide Cat Xena in a tree and have her yell like a baby to lure the Nuriona. When she approaches the tree, either from their world or from the Japanese underworld, Kenti will surprise attack and cut her head off with his kopesh. It's a good plan. And I like that Xena is the star. I like the way they have to persuade Xena in order to do it. Hunter meets up with Kylie at the burger place and Kylie tells Hunter that they're not friends. Jax arrives and tries to smooth things over but Kylie is resolute and I honestly I think that's fair. Mercy it's texts, fair. It is. Mercy texts to tell Hunter the crying baby Xena plan. <laughs> the greatest plan ever, <laughs> ever. And that they're going to meet up at the cherry tree. So Hunter asks Jax if he wants to help. He agrees and oddly so does Kylie. She wants to see Ugh. Hunter's witchiness in person to understand it, even though both Hunter and Jax tell her it's really not a good idea that she comes to this. Bad. Bad idea. Mercy, Emily, Kenty, and Xena arrive at the cherry tree first to find it's still very sick. Hunter, Jax, and Kylie arrive shortly after, and Mercy questions why Kylie is there, and Kylie questions everything very rudely. 
Mercy then tells Hunter about banishing Aphrodite's body, not her spirit, and they know that she's been floating around. As I said earlier, fucking shut up. Mercy and Hunter want to keep everyone not directly involved with the Nuriona killing plan far away, but that doesn't work because of course it doesn't. Emily and Jack stay nearby and Kylie sits a little farther away, thinking and probably judging and just not being very nice at all. Xena begins her magnificent crying baby yowl, and soon enough, the Nuriona comes. <laughs> Prior to everyone's arrival at the cherry tree, Nuriona slithered out in hopes of finding someone the goddess wanted dead to placate her, but would reunite Nuriona with her son. But she didn't find anyone, so the, she swam through the lake. She decided she would check by the field again where she saw Kylie the first time and where she ate the cheerleading coach. As luck would have it, Kylie is there now, alone. <gasps> I mean, Hunter rushes toward Kylie when she lets loose a blood-curdling scream, and Jax, Mercy, and Kenty are not far behind. Hunter tackles Kylie as the Nuriona rears back to strike, but then she and Kylie slip around in the Nuriona's goo, trying to get away. Mercy arrives and tries to block the huge serpent as her jaw unhinges and she prepares to attack, but then Kenti swoops in, swinging his kopesh. The Nuriona's head slides to the ground and she disintegrates into a puddle of goo. Hooray! The Nuriona's dead! But then Hunter sees blood trailing down her arm... And she realizes it's not hers. It's Mercy's. She was struck by the Nuriona's poisonous fangs. Ooh. Uh -oh. That's not good. It's not. The poison of the Nuriona works quickly and Mercy is already becoming paralyzed. Everyone rushes to her side trying to help, but it is Xena who knows what to do. Xena calls upon Goody Witch's past, casts a spell, and gives her immortality away to Mercy. As Mercy sits up, Xena crumples to the ground. Don't worry, everyone. Don't worry. She's just tired. Okay? It's okay. It's okay, Amanda. It's fine. She's just tired. She's just tired. I was so worried. I was so worried. So worried. I was not happy. Anywho, the group departs. Jack's taking a hysterical Kylie home and Emily driving everyone else back to the goody house. She should have just stayed out of it, Kylie. Yeah, stupid Kylie. I know that everyone's like, oh, Kylie, it's not your fault. It's the Nariona. But now, fucking Kylie, it was all your fault, you bitch. You stayed at the burger place, ate your chips, drank your shake and gone home. Yep. <sighs> bitch. Mercy tells Hunter that as she was paralyzed, she saw Amphitrite appear above them as mist, laughing at what happened, gloating that she will kill everyone Hunter loves. Well, that sounds ominous. Mercy then asks what Xena did to save her. Xena explains that she gave away her spark of immortality, which paused the Nuriona's poison from spreading, but it's still in Mercy's system. Mercy will live, but Xena isn't sure for how long, but hopefully they'll figure out a way to rid Mercy's body of the toxin. 
Xena also shares that since she has given away her immortality, she will now age and die like a regular cat, though she can still change her form, but that doesn't stop the situation from being completely devastating. Xena! Do Xena live cat years or people years? She probably lives cat years. But she doesn't look the age of a cat when she turns to human form. So can she not live human years? I wish that she could just live both years. She can live all of the years of a cat, which, you know, if you take care of a cat, that's a good 20 years at least. Yeah. And then all of the years as a human, too. So she's going to live to be at least 150 years old. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good quality math right there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the math. It's Twilight math right there. Hunter decides to make soup while everyone else watches Buffy, but she can't handle what's happening. Xena checks on her and they talk about how they both know there is no saving mercy from the poison of the new owner, but neither of them know how long she has left. Hunter laments that if she had more magic, maybe there would be something she could do to save her other half, but then she realises there are two halves of one whole good witch. So maybe... That's why things aren't working out well for them. Dejected, Hunter takes her incomplete to-do list from her pocket and tries to throw it away. But it gets up on tiny, spindly legs and walks back to her. Shit, what the hell? That's freaky. That's weird. (laughs) It means she's the chosen one. But she announces as the credits on the episode of Buffy Roll which is just perfect. It's perfect timing. It's perfect timing. Jax arrives then with tacos, and they talk about Mercy's pain levels. Hunter decides she's got to do something about amphitrite, but she doesn't know what. She goes to their pantry, where they keep all of their spell ingredients, and cries. But then she makes a poultice to put on her twin's wounds. She still doesn't know what to do about amphitrite, but at least she's done something productive. Feeling a little better, Mercy goes out to her greenhouse and lights a candle on her altar for her goddess, Freya. She tries to summon her goddess, but nothing happens, so she thinks all her magic is gone. She calls out and soon Freya appears. Mercy asks her goddess if she's going to die soon, and Freya says she is. And then she warns her that since she hexed Upawant, Kenti's demigod father, that her soul will be cursed until the hex is broken... And because of that, Mercy will have to stay in Nephelum until that time. Or she could pass the hex on to Hunter if she chose and could go straight to the Sunlands with her mother. Mercy's got a lot to think about there. Mercy does not have a lot to think about there, if you ask me. No, but we have known Mercy in the past to be very selfish. So... Kirk and his football bros and some girls from the Palm Squad are at the lake. The girls are getting bored and clearly don't really care for Kirk and his offers of cheap beer, peppermint schnapps, and oxycodone. So they decide to leave. Kirk gets a text from Jenna Ashley about protesting to force Hunter and Mercy out of town. So, spurred by the crashing waves and the voice in his head... He convinces his group to go to the park 
and make signs with the church mommies. No. Church mommies. Oh, the church mommies. Mercy is working up her courage to say goodbye to everyone. First, she asks Kenty to take her outside for some air. She asks him if he would be okay with her coming to the Egyptian underworld with him when she dies. He's okay with that and promises that they will always be friends. Or potentially more, if that's what Mercy wants. It is. It is, everyone. Secret. (laughs) Emily comes out then and sits with Mercy. Mercy tells Emily she should ask Hunter and Xena to teach her some witchy stuff if she's interested. And she is. Before they Secret, talk... everyone. Yes. <laughs> Before they can talk more, Hunter comes out, looking like he's on a mission. She is. Secret, she is. <laughs> the not-so-secret mission is she's going to kill Amphrotite. <laughs> <laughs> everyone piles into the car, and they drive to the park, and where Hunter buried the bound Amphrotite puppet. They think... That the park will be deserted since it's after dark, but they're wrong. <laughs> Kirk and the church mommies are there. It's like a really bad it. band name. Kirk and it. the church mommies. Ew. Church up. mommies. Church mommies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So, excuse me, I need to back up. Kirk and the church mommies Stop are there. Stop saying it! <laughs> you did that on purpose. And Amph- <laughs> I know. I have to start over. I'm sorry. Kirk and the church mommies are there. <laughs> and Amphitrite is also there, floating. The floating sea hag that she is. She's hovering above the mob. At first, the group decides to turn around and try again another day. But when they see Amphitrite, Hunter knows she has to end her. She gets out and goes to dig up the puppet. Mercy also gets out of the car, falls to her knees and begs her goddess Freya to grant her last request to aid her sister. She pulls energy up from the ley lines and is able to stand. She sends Kenty and Jax to stop the mob that is heading for her sister. She, Zena and Emily follow behind. Jenna Ashley bandishes her signs and crucifix at Mercy while Jax and Emily plead for her to listen. But she believes, bolstered by Amphrotite, that Mercy and Hunter worship Satan. <laughs> Amphrotite, I mean, they don't even believe in Satan. <laughs> Fucking do your research, bitch. Amphrotite shouts down at her followers to drown the witches. So that's what Jenna intends to do. Mercy casts a spell to keep those who wish to do her and her sister's harm at bay and throws a huge green sphere at them that they cannot break through. And then she crumples to the ground. Ooh. Hunter digs up the puppet and unbinds it, summoning Amphitrite to her. Amphitrite taunts Hunter and begins to drown her friends, but Hunter realizes that Amphitrite needs her in order to thrive, so she uses her cosmic powers to banish her to the stars. The townsfolk return to themselves, no longer under Amphitrite's oppression, and they cheer for Hunter, the good witch. The only one that still complains 
is Kirk. But Jana Ashley turns him around and tells him she's going to get him set up in a Bible group at her church. Hunter then notices Mercy crumpled on the ground. Time is I really running. wanted to say church mommies. I really wanted to say church mommies in that paragraph, but I didn't. I refrained. You didn't, because you just said it about six times there. <laughs> Time is running out for Mercy, so she tells Kenty he has to leave, but asks if it's still okay that she tags along. Emily is distraught by this because she thought Mercy was going to be okay. Mercy assures them that they're still going to be best friends and no matter where they are, which makes Emily even sadder. Zena tells Kenty to summon Hathor to the gate so the new guardians will have to allow him entrance and his father, Upuat, won't be able to send him directly back to Duat. Hunter asks Mercy about her going with Kenty and she tells her that she messed things up in the Egyptian underworld so she has to fix them and that she has Freya's blessing to do what needs to be done. She says they'll eventually be together in the Summerlands as long as Hunter doesn't go there for a long time. Then she tells her sister that she has no magic, and when she leaves, Hunter will have all the goody witch power and will be able to close and protect the gates. Xena approaches then and apologizes to Hunter because if Mercy goes to the Egyptian underworld, she, as Mercy's familiar, has to go too. Uh, well, no. great. Okay. It's good that Mercy won't be alone forever. I, I I would like to protest. I'm starting a, a, mm. a I'm starting a petition right now. Okay, get out your get out your signs and get the church mummies to help you with. Stop them. saying it. Zena <laughs> then shares a prophecy that Hunter will find a partner who will be by her side until her last breath, and that she'll have a daughter too. Jax and Emily will also always be with her. Mercy and Xena follow Kenty through the portal and are greeted by Hathor as the gate closes. Hunter turns away from the gate, crying, completely empty inside. Then a voice calls out to her and time stops. Tia, Hunter's god, offers her the chance to leave with him. But she decides to remain because there always has to be a goody witch in Goodyville. And she wants to make her mother proud and protect her town. Tia says she always follows her heart, but she says her heart is gone. Tia then tells her that her heart remains in Goodyville and she only needs her true magic to find it. Tia then bestows upon Hunter her phenomenal cosmic powers. Phenomenal cosmic powers allowing her to heal the gates completely time resumes then and Jax and Emily rush over congratulating Hunter on ridding Goodyville of all the bad stuff that has happened recently she tells her friends that the bad stuff will always be there but we'll face it together two weeks later Hunter returns home after a movie with her friends She's greeted by another thank you pie from a citizen of Goodyville, which warms her heart. She steps inside her empty home and prepares to call upon her family in their resting place behind the house. She makes tea, puts on Zena's bathrobe, and gathers her supplies before walking out to the middle of the cemetery and calling to her mother and sister. 
They greet her merrily, happy together in the Summerlands, with Xena in cat form dancing by their sides. Abigail and Mercy tell Hunter that they love her and they're proud of her, and then they share that the ancestresses have a gift for her. Hunter turns around to see a tiny little Maine Coon kitten with a collar declaring he is called Odysseus. Hunter pets the kitten and asks if he's a cat person too, and he responds with a wink. <laughs> That's the end. The end. A tiny little cat wink. All right, everyone take a short break, listen to this promo for another podcast, and then turn on your favorite band, Kirk and the Church Mommies. (laughs) Do not support this. Have you ever read a book and thought, wow, I would love to see this on the screen? Well, the Adapting Podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Emily Malik, host of the Adapting Podcast, and with a guest every episode, we take a look at books that have never been adapted, why that's so, and how we would go about translating it to a different medium. We talk about any novel from the serious to the downright silly, as long as it hasn't had an adaptation. So come and take a listen to the Adapting Podcast on wherever you get your podcasts. I love the church mommies. I'm sorry, but I love the church mommies so much. And it's actually because I hate it so much. Because it really grossed me out. It's it's But that's what Kirk is supposed to do. It's grossing me out now. It's it doesn't just sound like a band, a really bad like Christian rock band. It also sounds like a category of porn. Yeah, it's really gross. It's really, really gross, and I hate it. But that's, it's just such good writing on PC's part that we can hate this character so immensely. I agree. And that's why I love it. She that's why I love the church mommies. She knows how to write a vile character. She does. She really, really does. Ugh, she's so good at it, but ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Church mommies. Does, do, you, do you know what I, I, I infuri- What infuriates me about Kirk? He ha- is not charismatic at all. Everybody knows he's horrible. And the words that he says would not persuade i mean it might just because it's me and it probably is that but nothing he says would ever persuade me to hang out with him it's like oh so you're trying to get me drunk on shitty beer peppermint schnapps which is vile take drugs so now you want to go and hang out with the church mommies and make signs no i'm out there no Nah, dog. And, and, nah, dog, exactly. Nah, dog. And even when you get there, the church mommies are like, oh, we're going to give you a paintbrush. Oh, you need to be in church on Sunday. I'd be like, you know what? I've got feet. I'm going to use nah, dog. them. Nah, dog. Nah, dog. And why just, is he in the park? Just nah, dog, right out of there. Surely they would be in the church, like, parking lot or something like that. Why are they in the park? It well, it I choose to sense. believe. I choose to believe that the 
pastor of this church doesn't like any of the church mommies yes. and so he's like nah i'm sorry you i can't choose use to believe that the pastor hours. of this church likes to dress as a wandering friar and ren fair things and that take place in his basement yes i'm okay with that call back to horror school i'm okay with that <laughs> yes i'm okay with that good so that's why they're at the park because there's enough space for them to spread out and because they're not allowed in the church because even their pastor does not like them. I do like the fact that they use Amphrotite as the bitch goddess because she is an underutilised goddess. Like, the, the, the ten, yes. I always feel like they always go for, like, Artemis or Hestia or, you know, the, the, there's bigger names in inverted commas in yeah. the Greek pantheon. Yeah. But I like the fact that they've gone for Aphrodite. Yeah. Same. I mean, they did use... They did use... Was it Artemis? Was that their mother's goddess? I think so. I can't remember. Since Abigail died in, like, the first 30 pages of book one, and it made me really, really sad when that happened. I think so. Can, can I point out one simple tool against Amphrodite, which really, every time they mentioned that she was, you know, creating a very humid atmosphere or everything was quite thick and wet, weaponizing dehumidifiers. Yes. If you weaponize yes. dehumidifiers, you would have... That would be a really good plan. Yeah. Do you know what else? Um... Do you remember that Batman movie where they weaponized microwave technology? That would also work. Yeah. It would just mess up all the water in the air and then she would she would be hurt. So are we weaponizing kitchen appliances? Yes, I'm pretty sure that we are going to weaponize kitchen appliances. Against a goddess. Against a goddess. I yeah. like that. I like that a lot. Me too. You know what? They could also just get out a hairdryer. Again? With domestic appliance? Weaponizing domestic appliances. Let's take out let's take out the kitchen. Let's just weaponize all domestic products. <laughs> You've got a ha- hairdryer in one hand and hair straighteners in the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're just sizzling her in the air. Somebody's got a trouser press. I think that's a Yes, but you have to turn the steam function off. Yes, all steam functions must be off. Yes. I think we've got a solution. Yeah. The next time a water goddess is coming after us, we know what we're doing. We have a plan. Get out the microwave. Get out the microwave. Let's see. What else? I'm sorry, I'm distracted by all of the appliances I could use to kill a goddess. I know, I keep thinking um, I'm running through my head what I've got. I like the fact that the cornfields kept written reference because every time there was a reference I was thinking of plowing the cornfield and I was like, what would I prefer to yeah, see? A near owner in a cornfield or like a murder, in a see, murder clown. I'm like, ugh, ugh. I think none. I could probably handle the clown, the murderous clown a bit better than I could like creepy ass snake thing. <laughs> Probably, because the creepy-ass clowns are just regular people. But Nuriona is a terrifying beast with 
poisonous fangs. Yes, but also... And a giant fucking snake tail, by the way. They're huge. Oh, yes. They don't do things by halves. But both of those books, or three if you classify, like, like those series, sorry. Um, Zealots. Like the, 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 the... Zealots! I know. I'm really hoping... You know how I'm always like, teens are the next people to change the world, and we have to take care of them and welcome them into the libraries. You know, I'm, I'm always about that stuff. Yeah. I really appreciate that, that these authors are writing this stuff into their books because hopefully it makes them see that the zealots that they see in their real world lives every day, that they're not good people. Yes, I hope so too. And that you have to stand up to them. Yes. Yes. It's big. Which is why books are so important. Another reason why. Books are so important. Anyway, don't get started talking about that again, Amanda. If we start going on the political soapbox again. Never getting off of it. No, but we may end up Um, doing a, a... I think we'll. I think we need to do like a cult month. Next, next we do year. need to have a, a. We do need to have a cult month. I'm pretty sure we do. Anyway, back to this book. I want to say that I hate that Hunter was left behind and made to be the guardian of Goodyville because that's like not at all what she wanted. She wrote a to do list. And the very last thing on it was get out of this fucking town. Yeah. But she can't. She has to stay behind. And, I mean, she seems to be more or less okay with that at the end because she knows it's her duty. But, ugh. To be resigned to duty, though, that's really depressing. I know. It's 16. Yeah. mm. But also, if it were switched around, I don't think Mercy would have succeeded. No. Mercy wasn't Mercy wasn't strong enough. Mm-mm. She she didn't have a good she it's what Emily was saying to her. She's a selfish person. She always puts her yeah. needs first. And I don't think she has the strength of character to have been able to do it. No. I also think if Mercy was the one left behind, she would look for the opportunity to leave. I think that she probably would. And I just feel First so off, sorry for she'd be sad. Yeah, Mercy would be sad because Kenty's gone and Hunter's gone. Xena would still be there, but I, was, I really don't think she would stick around. I don't think she would do the right thing. No. Mercy's too little too late. She would turn into a bad witch. Yeah, I've not liked the Mercy character throughout the series, and even though I know it's been a quote unquote sacrifice at the end when she saved Kylie and she had to, you know, she had to die because you know, they couldn't get rid of the venom. Um, I still feel like it's it's too little, too late, and Mercy has not learnt anything because even though she's died she's still being rewarded yep like we we can hope 
because we don't know how long it's been in the other worlds between like just the two weeks when she dies and Hunter summons them. But Mercy is there in the Summerlands with Abigail and Xena, but we don't know how long she spent suffering in Duat. Even though she didn't suffer that much because she was with, you know, the love of her life and a substitute mother, there was probably still some bad stuff happening in Duat and with her breaking the hex that she put on Upawant. And like, how did that happen? Did did someone kill Upawant? Did she just have to wait until he died? Like, what happened? Yeah, that's interesting. I'm interested to know, but still, as, as much as being in Duat would have sucked completely, she still had Xena, she still had Kenty, she still had Kenty's mom. she's still living in a protected place with a lovely garden. I just I, had a thought. I, I don't know. I, I still feel like she's been rewarded. I had a thought. The whole plan when they got back to Duat and the Egyptian underworld was for Kenty to appeal to Osiris and get himself and his mother who didn't belong who didn't deserve to be in Duat either to get them out so we can hope that that happened and then Mercy was just left there by herself fighting demon baboons yeah uh, with Xena but Xena being a kitty cat oh Xena would be yes. completely revered by the Egyptians <laughs> she, would. she would have been raised <laughs> to be a goddess herself yeah yeah, I really like that scene where at the end when Kenty's leaving and he's like, Xena, you are the most beautiful warrior cat I have ever seen. But oh my God, don't tell Bast, okay? <laughs> don't tell Bast. Don't do it. It's dangerous. Don't tell Bast. I like that. You know she'll like, uh, Kenty, uh, can, can you get me some tuna, please? And he's like, oh, I'm busy. She's like, oh, well, then can you just get me Bast's telephone number instead? He's like, fine, I'll get you some tuna. And he's like, oh, damn it. Damn it. Oh, how amazing was Xena, though, with all of these powers? I mean, we knew that she was a magical creature because she's been in the family for forever. But she healed immediately from a wound and she's like oh, it's fine <laughs> don't worry about it kittens i'll be fine and she was she was immediately fine and then i'll tell you all it again later because it's worth the retail <sighs> yeah Zena is just, badass. How, she is she is badass and like clearly she's some sort of goddess or something herself well, because yeah. she had a divine spark of immortality that she gave away fucking come on don't give it away. I was you know Mercy's gonna die. When that happened. And considering I was listening I to know. this in the office and I, I was had my audiobook and I had my phone and I'm like, going, no, 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 no. No, she's still alive, but no. That's a good job there wasn't many people in. <laughs> I hated that scene. I was constantly worried for Xena in this one, especially when the new owner was like, hmm, kitty cat. 
Yeah. And then when Amphitrite was like, oh, yeah, get Kylie or the cat. Like, no. No. You leave Xena alone. She's the best. You leave her alone. You give her some tuna. And you let her be skyclad. <laughs> you leave her be. <laughs> Xena arguing that her cries do not sound like a baby. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I love that. And then they're like, don't, <laughs> this is one of my favorite quotes, don't, like, don't tell Xena how good she did because her ego is going to be bigger than her hair. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, her hair is real big. That was so funny. I enjoyed all the Buffy references, by the way. Just going to throw that out there. So much Of course. Buffy. Of course you did. Of course you did. Yes. Um. Do you know... Do you know what I, I wish would have happened? Zena and I kind stares? of thought that it was going to happen. What? Xena stays? Yeah, Xena stays. Of course. Of course I want Xena to stay. But no, I kind of, kind of hoped that there was some way that they would have been able to convince the Nariona that Amphitrite was bad. And that, like, she somehow would have turned on Amphitrite and helped the twins. But then she was beheaded. But Amphitrite was clearly just fucking with her because, as we know from the summary and how it was mentioned multiple times, Amphitrite's just in the background fucking shit up. Yep. So I wish that she would have realized because it's kind of, it's it's hurtful. And I know that Nariona is crazy and she's just eating people all over the place. And that's all she wants to do is eat people. But there was that promise that Amphitrite made to her, you know, that if you help me do this, I'll reunite you with your son, which that's not going to happen. They're not even in the same like pantheon. Mm -hmm. So there's no way that Amphitrite could do anything to help the Nariona. So I wish that the Nariona would have realized that and then like turned on her. But that didn't that didn't happen, so it's fine. Yeah, I I agree. I would have liked and this is gonna go down as my surprise as well. That okay. there weren't consequences for all the bad actions. So I've I know I've already said that I feel like Mercy was rewarded for being a bitch yeah um and it was for me a hollow sacrifice to a degree right um but like kirk and the church mommies it was kind of like no no we'll just down tools it's fine um we'll not kill you we'll go home and then um we'll just feed your pie we'll just keep giving you fright of pies yeah where's where's the lessons that's it and no, I, bad guys, villains don't have to be redeemed. We know this. We know. We know. Right. We quite yes. like it when bad guys aren't redeemed because you know people are bad. But there was yes. no consequences for all of this. It's for the literal witch hunt that went on in their town and threatening to drown children. Yeah, it's fine. <sighs> It's fine. And then Hunter is sticking around to protect them. 
Uh, I hate that she has to do that. I hate that she has to do that. She had a list. She had a to-do list. She had a list that got up and and walked to her. Yeah. So she clearly has powers that she should be able to use. But no, she's got to stay in that small, backward-ass, podunk little town and keep everybody safe from themselves. And that's just not fair to her. Yeah. I, I, just, I don't know why. Why does a... I understand the concept that there always has to be a goody witch and good goody veil. Yeah. That is not a difficult concept to understand. But also, why? Why does it always have to... What is so special? Apart from, you know, they've got the trees, but the trees are fine. Could not be a case yeah, of... Yeah, I... She comes back once a year, makes sure the trees are fine. Yeah, that would have been better because she used this amazing power that she has from Tyr to heal the trees. Like, they're, there's enormous regrowth with the trees, so they're clearly thriving now. So maybe you can just get out for a little while and, like you said, come back and check on them every now and then to make sure that nothing is happening. But she deserves to get out of that town. Yeah. She's completely trapped. Like, even if... Yeah, okay, she's 16. So, I mean, the fact that she's living alone at 16, is that legal? Um, What does she do for money? I, anywho, logistics. Um, It's like, you want to go to college? No. You want to go on holiday? No. You want to go and experience the world? You want to go and learn from other witches? No. Nah. Nah, nah dog. Jax and Emily, are they going to feel obligated to stay? Because they've got no... They don't have to. You know, if they leave, she's literally got a cat. Then Yeah, okay, Odysseus, with a wink, can be a cat person. But he's a baby right now. <laughs> don't transform into a human right now when you're a baby, because that would just be horrible. And now Hunter is a 16-year-old with a baby, and everyone hates her again because she got, you know, knocked up and had a baby out of wedlock. Or it was Immaculate Conception, well, and she becomes their new god. Well, it's going to have to be, though, because... Well, not, not Immaculate Conception, but isn't, isn't Hunter gay or bisexual? She is a lesbian, yes. I, c- I couldn't remember if it was gay or bi, but... Uh... Well, obviously, her little backward-ass fucking town with the church mommies, they disapprove of all LGBT items, and so they just believe that Hunter has come to her senses <laughs> and has decided that, oh, I don't, I don't want to be a lesbian anymore because, you know, that's just the choice that I make. You know, I'm just randomly like, oh, today I'm not gay anymore. And then she got knocked up. And so they're first, they're proud of her. And then, and then they hate her because, you know, she's not abstinent. Yeah. Oh, and no, so then they hate her mom. again. Oh, but no. then, but then Claire, they love her again because then they decide that it is immaculate conception and that she is Mary and Odysseus is Jesus. And then they'll forget all about Hunter and then they'll worship Odysseus. <laughs> this is not a good story. 
Well, this is not a good story at all. No, it's not. I it's regret not. telling it. Thank you. I'm worried that because Hunter's stuck in Goodyville. <laughs> Thank you for your regret. The pool what? of potential sperm donors is very small and restricted to religious douchebags and asshats. Well, it could be Jack's. Could be. It could be one And of then those... Janet Ashley would love would love that because Jax is her son. Jax is her only begotten son. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to stop. It's gonna get bad again. Do you think Jax and Hunter are gonna have one of these like agreements where it's like by the time we're thirty, if we're not with anybody, we'll just get together? No. I can see that for Jax and Emily, but I don't want Hunter to have to be straight when she's not. Well, just because you're in a male-female relationship and you're bisexual doesn't mean that you're not bisexual. Oh, no, she's But lesbian. she's not bisexual. She's a lesbian. Oh, I've got in my head that she's bi. Okay, so Jax and Emily... Pretty sure that she is a lesbian. But then they're an interracial couple and then the town hates them too. Oh, fucking hell, this town. Can we just nuke it? I know. Let's just nuke so it. So the, the, on, the only option is to leave or to nuke it, as you are saying, which I choose to believe is microwave, not right. use nuclear weapons. I, I'm going to... Microwave the town and get out. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna get Tia on this, right? In D&D, there's a spell called yes. Moonbeam, right? And it's like the mm-hmm. power of the moon comes down and it's basically like a nuclear warhead. And it's a concentration yeah. spell. And, I mean, okay, so it's going to have to zip around the place because it's not. It's only like 15 feet across. Um, But, you know, Hunter just gets so pissed off with Goodyville. And she's like, I need to go and experience Mardi Gras. I need to go and walk <laughs> in the pride <laughs> in New York. I need to go to Paris and sit on a bridge and paint a picture of Notre Dame. I need to go and to Nepal and speak to some wise, bold guys. I need to go into the desert in Australia and commune with kangaroo. I don't know. I'm just making shit up at this point. So she's like, you know what, Tia? Come on, mate. Let's just get rid of Goodyville. It's not a good place. Jax, Emily, grab Odysseus. You toodle along. I'll meet you in about 10 minutes. And then she casts Moonbeam. Town gone. Problem solved. Adventures begin. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because if there's no one in Goodyville to fuck up the gates, then the gates will forever be fine. And then Hunter can go off on her journeys. Yeah. Fine with it. That's that's the new epilogue that we have written. <laughs> done. Hunter, done and done. Goodyville with Moonbeam. Right. Yes. Dunsies. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> do you have any surprises by the way since we've done mine we've nipped four of those yes i 
much like with my stories that I was telling earlier, I guess that I'm surprised that the townsfolk were just okay with Hunter being a witch at the end. A witch, not a lesbian witch. They're just a witch. Right. Yes. Because my God, if she was a lesbian witch and they all knew it, that they would just start their fires up all over again so that, um, happens, that, 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 that happens again and then when she has a child out of what led wedlock they're all like <gasps> so it happens again so then she's like yes. screw this moonbeam screw this moonbeam dunsies, dunsies yeah. yeah so that is my surprise that they were all just okay with it at the end and I'm sure there was some divine intervention or something then. These people have all been brainwashed by Amphitrite, so now they're just brainwashed a little bit more, and it's fine. But I wish that all small-minded people would realize that the people that they hate are usually mostly good, and they just want to help them be better. But that's not ever going to happen. So we should just end our discussion there and then we should play Would You Rather. Yeah. Before I get on my soapbox again. Yeah. And I think it need, it's needless. It, we don't really need to say that Xena will always and forever be our favorite character. Right. No, that's not even necessary. Totally. She's totally the best character that has ever been written. Okay, just edit that out, you then. It's fine. Yeah. No, I'll, just, I'll leave it in. That's good. It's good. But now it's time for Would You Rather. Yes. It- yes. It's very much time. <laughs> As if you didn't know already, we have our most favorite PC cast joining us today for Would You Rather. Yay! 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 So excited. We always love our PC <laughs> episodes because they're not PC at all. Yes. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Oh, I regret even saying that. It's fine. It's fine. I've written it down. Don't worry. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's not stupid at all. That's going on a t-shirt. This is not PC at all. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Can I draw a picture of your face and put it on there? But like you're wearing sunglasses or something, so it's not you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can put my glasses, glasses back on. <laughs> Big like Jackie oh style sunglasses. Oh, oh, yay! <laughs> oh, Claire, what is our first "Would You Rather" question? I'm ready. <laughs> I don't know anymore. It's already degenerated. It has, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, sp- sp- mm-hmm. speaking of crazy times, we asked on social media: Would you rather stop a crazy zealot from tearing your town apart? Or stop a crazy goddess from tearing your town apart. And not surprising, everyone on Facebook with 76%, Instagram with 83%, Twitter with 100%, and TikTok with 63%, everyone is stopping the crazy ass Oh my god, for the love of luck, stop the zealots. How could you? Well, we need to do that in general in our (laughs) real life today. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Working on it as always. Um since nineteen sixty, right here. So tired of this shit. Um <laughs> oh. how many times do I have to burn my bra? Okay. Um no uh Do you have any left to burn? 
No, I don't. That's why I went, because uh, no, I don't. No, no. <laughs> it's a constant bonfire of bras. I decided I hate them. No, so I never wear them. Um, who would try to stop a goddess? Okay. That just doesn't make any sense at all. No, it's crazy should be stopped. Okay. Goddesses, they might need to fuck stuff up. So just don't piss them off and it'll be don't fine. Make them mad, okay. Don't make them mad. Okay. It'll be fine. It'll Goddesses be fine. are gonna god. That's it. The end. <laughs> Can you stop omnipotent power? No, I don't. So. No, you just gotta, you know, make friends with them. Right. <laughs> okay, it'll Worship be okay. them a little bit. It's fine. <laughs> Do we have any <laughs> good comments that we need to share? <laughs> well, Annie says, "Stop the zealot." I have experience with <sighs> that. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. I feel you, Annie. Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. Happening all the time. All the time. Uh, let's see. Bree on Facebook said, I feel like if I actually value the town, the goddess is going to be a bigger threat than the zealot. So I'll take on her. A goddess is harder to beat, but a zealot will destroy the town needful things style where it eats itself. And if that's the case, I'm just moving and letting them straighten themselves out. <laughs> I can see the logic in that one too yeah uh-huh. just, just leave just run away <laughs> Colin on Facebook said I'll be stopping the zealot all powerful beings that can destroy me simply by looking my way out of my peer grade plus I hate those self-righteous bastards right don't we all yeah. don't oh, we all so yeah. much um, so- Coral on Facebook said, okay, so stopping a crazy zealot might be a little easier than stopping a goddess. I don't know about that. I don't know if it would be easier because yikes. Yeah. I mean, you can set traps and go hunting. Sometimes, remember, you got to slap a bitch. You do. That's true. And sometimes a crazy zealot just needs a slap. And that slap might be with a mallet. I wish. Right. Ugh. 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 about the supreme court right now it should be like a whack-a-mole oh my Shut god up, oh my god just like just, <laughs> just come to arkansas right now no. i just have to say i'm so furious with my little town right now because although this episode is going to be out by the time all of this is happening but there are people trying to defund my library because we have lgbt black POC, any sort of thing that they disagree with. We have books. Yeah, books. We have actual books. Yeah, actual books. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's past time that the those of us who are the majority, and we are the majority in this country, need to get our heads out of the fucking sand and vote and be louder than the idiot minority who believes that we all have to believe the way they do look the way they do act the way they do talk the way they do and here's the most important part hate everything they also hate now we need to no it's past time we're done we are done i am not someone who you can you you can't regulate our uteruses you can't to do with our bodies you can't tell us what to read if you don't want to fuck an abortion don't get one 
if you don't like a book with um, written by a trans author or has um, representation in it, don't, don't read, read it. it. It's so easy. It's so easy. Yeah. Okay. No, we can't get off on this because I'll spend the whole time. No, talking I know. I know. I know. But I just, I needed to feel your support because I knew that we would be on the same wavelength. And I just needed, I needed a little bit of it. I feel you. I think the vast majority of the world are on your side that these people are fucking morons. And you need to pick the books up and actually read them and not pass judgment on something they know shit all about. I know. It's just they never do. That's the thing. I House of Night was used to be the most banned um book series in the state of Texas. I'm proud of that. Yeah. Um still on all the banned book lists. Of course. But um uh, the state of Texas was banning books I had not fucking written yet in the House of Night series. <laughs> that is amazing. I, I was on like, I think book like seven had been released and I was probably book eight was in the, was in production. I was probably writing book nine and that, that year's banned book list came out and, you know, I'm always like, Ooh, where am I on the list? who wants a new york times bestseller list i want the banned list book a banned book list yes Yes. and i thought well they're gonna have all seven of the house night books on there and they did but they also had books eight like eight nine and ten on there that i hadn't they hadn't even released i hadn't written like nine. could they send you copies and that would have saved you a lot of effort (laughs) oh yeah Okay, next question. Uh, next question for the love of fuck. I don't mm-hmm. even think I answered it, but I don't even care. Fuck zealots. There we go. I think it's go. quite clear that we're all we're all going <laughs> to fuck the zealots up. I know. It's quite clear the zealots it are getting is. messed up. Definitely, 100%. Ugh, ugh. Look, I know that I say I hate almost everything, but I don't actually hate really anything except for small-minded people. Yeah. But I don't really... I don't really hate everything as much Stupid as I say I do. infuriates oh, me. I know. I, I get ridiculously angry over stupid. And it's not like naivety. It's actual ignorance. What you mean is like willful ignorance. Yes, willful ignorance willful is the ignorance worst. That Trump made a badge of honor. For his idiot followers, it's a badge of honor to be willfully ignorant and to uh. hate everyone not I like i don't you. even read a cereal box but i know that tiger and that dracula are doing something queer let's ban them let's ban them yeah, right. fuck off i don't understand it let's ban it i don't like it let's ban it shut up man just don't just just stay in your little crawl back under your rocks okay <laughs> crawl back under your oh rocks. my god two people showing love and affection and kindness to others i can't take it we must ban it oh it threatens me because I have such a miserable life. I have to hate everyone. Yeah. yeah. Okay, next question. Next question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you rather give up your immortality to save someone you love, even though it's not going to save them for long, okay. or leave one member of the family you were protecting alone in the world? <gasps> This is a horrible question. I love it. An awful question. I probably have to give up a piece of my immortality. Yeah. 
I go with Xena. I'll be with Xena. Yep. It's really hard to not just love everything Xena. Yeah, I don't know where she is. Princess! (laughs) We need her. She might show up. Okay, you never know. Wait, what time is it? Is it her nap time? It could be her nap time. Oh. She's probably lounging. she shows up. Zena, why your princess cast? <laughs> no, don't hear him. Don't hear him. Okay. I need her. I need her in my life. I, if I see her, if I see her walking around, I'll 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 bring her in. I'll bring her into the frame, okay? Please do. Yeah. It's very important. And at the end, if we um at the end I can always get up and go see where the hell she is and carry her back here and she will she'll she will grumble. Good. Be <laughs> As is her right and duty. Yes. Yeah. No, okay, I go with Zena. I would I would do the piece the immortality thing. Yeah, that was really it was a man, what a tense scene. Ugh. Ugh. I got so mad. I just yeah, I need I, <laughs> I need Zena to always live forever. It's very important. So when she gave up her immortality, I was like, why? Yes, I was listening to it going. No, 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 yes, we do. We spoil everything. She didn't die. Spoilers, she, spoilers, spoilers. She, well, she went, went on. Yes, she went through that portal. A sassy woman turned sassy cat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love her so much because she. I do. Okay, Kristen and I split up characters, and we write whenever our character, like my character is Mercy, her character is Hunter. Um, she also wrote um, like the Cyclops, Amphitrite. I wrote Kirk, uh, the Neuro Una. Um, what else? And, but because I write Mercy, I write almost all of, of um, Xena. And also, Xena's mom, because of course, you know that she's based very closely on Xena <laughs> Warrior Princess Calf, wherever <laughs> the cat is. She's based on. on my cat, although she doesn't belong to me, I belong to her, clearly. Of course. She doesn't yeah. fucking listen at all. Um, she's actually clicker trained and everything. She does all sorts of stuff, but only when she wants to because she's a cat. But um, no, I really, I I love her character so much. And I, I mostly wrote her character. And I would just, it's so easy to extrapolate when you know, I mean, Zena's like seven years old now, compared since she was a baby. And she's very easy for me to extrapolate what Xena would do as a human because she has such a huge personality and never fucking shuts up. If she was if she was here, she would be meowing, meow, 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 talk, 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 talk. What she needs stuff all the time. She tells me I had a um, one of my best friends is an animal communicator, and I had her talk to Xena um, many years ago because she's so vocal. And I know Maine Coons are vocal. Um, so that's the thing. So, but I was like, ask Zena what the fuck she's trying to tell me all the time. Apparently she's telling on the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) 
She does. I always she imagine does. seeing her as one of those drag queens on uh, RuPaul's, and as soon as you yeah. to do the oh, yeah. works, and you know, you hear yeah. the sissy that walk music coming on, it's like, oh yeah, that's Zena. Yeah, um, yeah. Zena mm. told Bridget, "I don't even know why we have rules." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, she is I the total that. boss. She's a boss lady. <laughs> She, she well she's as big as the dogs so she just she's a very um she's got her own thing going on so she's a lot of fun to write and it's easy for me to turn her into a human because i do that in my head all the time anyway when i talk to her around the house and stuff so she was she was she was so much fun she was so much fun she's the best oh, character mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. love her so much and she is a um, she She's only an indoors cat. The princess, she, when she has her harness on, she can go outside with me. Um, she gets really indignant about her harness, though. Um, and yeah, that's a whole other thing. But she she doesn't go out. She's just an inside cat. And several years ago, and I have a house that backs to the forest, and uh, the weather here is really nice, so I have like three back doors and at least one or two of them are open most spring summer all the time fall one of them doesn't have a um, screen door though so it was open on a lovely lovely spring day and um we were running i was running around in and out and all of a sudden i'm like hear this thing and there's a sparrow fluttering about fluttering about the house and so I'm like, oh shit. Like, okay, Scotty dogs, come on. And I'm grabbing the Scotty dogs and put them downstairs, right? Because they're all like, ah, like they're good, like, you know, the birds up here. So I get the Scotty dogs out and I like I'm running around, I'm grabbing a broom. And I'm like, where's like a big lid or something? So I can try to like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> like Indiana Jones and get the sparrow without being harmed out of my house, right? Cause it's like, and it's super, super freaked out, right? It decides that it's going to fly into Xena's territory. Oh no. Territory is anything that's not kitchen, um, living room mixed together. Xena's territory is the entire rest of the house. So it flew into the dining room and I have like, 10 12 foot ceilings i have tall ceilings so i don't know exactly how tall okay so it flies in there and i'm like no chasing it (laughs) zina looks up from the ground gigantic 20 pound maine coon jump up the the sparrow is flittering about the it's like on the ceiling it's flittering about up there zina leaps up takes her giant murder mitten and goes and smacks it and it goes on the ground. She pounces on it, puts its head in her mouth, wraps it like this, tosses it in the air. Feathers are fucking everywhere. I am having a hysterical panic attack. Because I also have a bird phobia. I'm kind of scared of birds more than kind of and but i was being real brave i was like i'm gonna get it out with this and um then and she started ripping feathers off like a whole mouth of feathers just wing here and i was like "Ah!" 
And then she looked at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm just doing my job. <laughs> That's where I came up with this. Bitch came into my territory, because... tried to come in my dining room. I don't think so. She's like, woman, I wasn't even outside and this happened. <laughs> so um, it's quite accurate that she is a fierce huntress, especially yeah. with arrows. I did clean up the mess and light some, you know, lovely sweet grass or something to try to cleanse the area. And um, then I had to tell her what a fantastic huntress she is. Of course. And she was like, ha ha She, that's <laughs> the noise she makes a lot. <laughs> she was preening and had like feathers everywhere, murder mitten feathers, ev ev just everywhere. She's, she's, yeah, she's a thing. She's a whole thing. So. <laughs> I love that murder mitten fit phrase. Seems that is huge. <laughs> oh my god! Always telling me at the groom that the groom or my vet's always like, "When do? How often do you brush your teeth?" I'm like, I'm not putting my hand in there. My no. fingers don't go. No, I have to shove pills down her throat sometimes, but. No, she gets dental diet, and then you're gonna clean her teeth once a year. No, no, I no, murder maw, murder mitten. She's real. She's she's a gentle giant, but when she says no, that's it. Fuck no. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm not gonna continue. I will not continue to try to groom you. I'm sorry, my God. <laughs> oh, you've got to respect her boundaries. Yes. I don't She's ah. not, she's not a bitey, scratchy, yucky cat like that. She like, when she rolls over and she loves to have her belly scratched and she never closes on you like a Venus cat trap or anything, you know? <laughs> and um, no, she's super gentle and super awesome. But when she says, no, that's it, done. I'm like, all right, I respect you. I, I, I'm the same way. I will only, you know, you can rub my belly sometimes, but then when I tell you no, huh? So. No means no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my so. gosh. Um, Claire, I think we need to ask our next question because it's really a good segue okay. from that story. Tell me. What is it? <laughs> Eat a sparrow or squish around barefoot in no honor do. Ugh, okay, I don't eat meat, so I can't plus how I mean Xena, seriously. How much meat's on a sparrow? How do you, I mean, it's just, she had a lot of feathers out of her mouth. I didn't see much, ugh. No, I would, I'll, I'll squish around in a Nura Onagu. I mean, that's disgusting, but then I could just wash my feet off. Yeah, no, totally, totally. I, I can imagine it feeling good between the toes though. It might be kind of fun. Yeah, it's real good, but it also stinks real bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, it smells real bad. And then like you would keep slipping in it and just like mm -hmm. keep falling over and over and over again. Oh yeah, they kept falling in that in those scenes with the good and the ugh. Yeah. It was so <laughs> Yeah. I know. Yeah, do a slippy slide. Yeah, I would ugh. just slip and slide right into the lake. It would be really fun. Yeah. Sure. And then the yeah. neuron. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Right into her open maw. It would perfect. be perfect. The circle of life. You yes. slip, you slide in a goo, you get eaten by her. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to do that too. I don't want to eat a sparrow. Although I did love when Xena like crunched on the little claw and she's like, it's like chips. 
I like that she offered it to Canty. <laughs> and Mercy's like, anything she asks you to eat, don't. I like that they were like making bets. Do you, she's going to convince him to eat a sparrow, isn't she? And they're like, yeah, totally. Canty's <laughs> just like so that. nice, though. He would. He would be like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it for like you, warrior. Canty. He takes care of his mommy. He's a good guy. I like me some Canty. He's, yeah. he's Plus the the most fun, and I wrote Canty too, of course. Um, the most fun uh, part for me to write in the series, in the trilogy, except for the Xena parts, because Xena parts are always fun, um, was when we went to the Egyptian underworld. I loved doing that. That was great. Oh yeah, that, that was that was, that was so in, good. Um, Omen's bite though. They came back and actually for the last one, but yeah. So that was that was my I like Kenty's education in Buffy the Vampire Slayer personally <laughs> because Buffy is legend legend I'm just saying yeah mm-hmm. I'm upset because he couldn't possibly have had time to binge all the seasons okay mm. no and that's like I feel like that's his biggest regret in leaving <laughs> it's not it's not leaving any of his new friends behind it's not finishing Buffy finishing Buffy yeah. As long as he got the first three seasons in, I think you're all right. Yeah. 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 They're, 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 they're the good seats. I mean, you're going to miss some prime episodes. Yeah. I completely forgot Buffy goes against Dracula until I was rewatching it the other day. Well, see, I completely my, forgot about that. my comfort rewatch. That and the Lord of the Rings long extended versions. That's also my comfort rewatch. Um, I'm gutted this local cinema is doing an entire day of Lord of the Rings extended one after the other after the other and I, if I'm going to watch Lord of the Rings that's what I do but I have never seen the extended version of the cinema what? and it's the same day I've seen them, I've seen them but oh, not extended yeah yeah and and I've I've done many 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 a time a triple bill of the extended versions I've probably most watched movie that and Jurassic Park but it's on the same day that it's a friend's birthday and I've We'll go on to Lou's birthday thing instead. Dang it. Good friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Buffy, my, my favorite episode of Buffy is also my comfort watch, but it's in season six. And the season six is not a great season, but still. No. The whole Spike thing, although I I, I really like me some Spike, but my very favorite um, episode of Buffy is the season six musical episode, Once More With Feeling. I love it. Oh, gorgeous. All the songs. I know all the words. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. It. Yeah. Never yeah. feeling a little down. Things. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to put on the Buffy musical and just sing it while I clean my house. How about that? <laughs> Have- exactly. It's just one of those episodes that you can just watch it because it's not tied into the arc either. So right. it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Have you and- read Kendara Blake's Buffy books? Because you mm-hmm. need to. I haven't. I, I do need to. You need I to. Need They're to. really good. Thank you for reminding me. I really like her too. I like her work. They're, um I read her the those the Queen's books. The yeah, the, the yeah. three dark crowns. <gasps> yes, yes. I read those. Those were fantastic. Yeah, and I like her too a lot. She's an awesome, awesome woman. Yeah. I need to. I, she is. I those will go directly on my TBR. Yeah, list. you need to read them. They're really, really good. I will. I will. All 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 these bodies. Did, yeah, all these bodies, that's her too. It's a vampire book, not vampire book. It's very, very good. 
And also her Anti-Goddess series is really good. Yes, that's that's underrated. Awesome, awesome author. She is. Yeah, she's and she's just a fun person. Yes. Yeah, she's mint. She is True. she's maybe been on the show not quite as many times as you have, but it's like a close second. Oh, we should do a we should do in tandem sometime. We should. Ah. Mm -hmm. We just need to like that Halloween episode that we had where we had a bunch of people on. She was on that one too. We need to just have all of our faves. Just like on, on a Halloween episode. episode or something like that. Yeah. Yes. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Doing it. Okay. Hit me, hit, me, hit me again, you guys. What's the next question? Yeah. Wow. We've only gone oh, through like three questions. Um, right? Okay. <laughs> um, would you rather stay okay. in a small town that only recently doesn't completely hate you to protect it <laughs> as has been your family's duty forever or mm -hmm. embark on a journey with your god with no knowledge of what's going to happen next oh it's a really hard decision because i get very nasty i really like 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 i left like half my heart in tulsa and it's it's hard for me to leave home um but i really like my adventures too yeah and if i could go mm. on an adventure with my goddess that would be i think i'd probably go on an adventure but i want to go back i want to yeah. i want to like come home too eventually but i'm sure they would let you come home i'm sure so that's i would go on an adventure with my goddess mm -hmm. Of course. Like, especially yes. Hunter and Tyr, like, where the fuck is he going to take you? Are you going to go into space? Because hell yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. The cosmos. Do not give that up. Space between stars. Go and see some Elder Gods as well. Yeah. Did you guys, did you guys read um, When Women Were Dragons? No, but Ooh. I. Ooh. several of my coworkers have told me to read that one. Women, it's a set starts like in the 50s, Amer 50s of our world, only women spontaneously dragon because of misogyny and turn into dragons. <laughs> yeah. And the world tries to like, especially America, right? We try to hide it and the media won't cover it and they call it something else and they make it real shameful. You can't even say the word dragon because it's too gross and female. It's so good. <laughs> But some of the dragons go into the cosmos. Go explore the cosmos. That's what made That's me think so about cool. that. When I am putting it on my TBR now. Fucking fantastic. A fantastic book. Yes. You guys will love it. <laughs> and you'll want a dragon. I want a spontaneously dragon. I want Kristen to spontaneously dragon with I, me. I would love to be able to I mean, dragon. I don't need to read that book to know that I want a spontaneously dragon. Yeah. That, 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 that is a constant desire yeah. spontaneously dragoning is a life goal yep <laughs> okay what's our last question a last would you rather question because then we just get to talk about random shit oh okay sorry we'll just continue on talking um well yeah it's fine would you rather speaking of slapping a bitch earlier oh, would yes. you rather slap hunter or slap mercy because let's face it at some point both of them need a slap. They both need a good slap. Um, that's super easy because I wrote Mercy, so I'd smack the crap out of Hunter. Okay. <laughs> Kristen and I have this whole thing we do with it with with our books when we write together like this, right? And especially in this series, because it's like everybody fucking likes Hunter more than Mercy, which drives me crazy because I wrote Mercy, she wrote Hunter, and people are like, 
Mercy's so selfish and biggest bad bad mama. I love Hunter and I'm like and Kristen's <laughs> always like, That's right. <laughs> they like Hunter better. Like, Shut up, Kristen. <laughs> well, see, with with the two of us, yeah. I mean, our favorite hands down is Xena. So you win. Yeah. So you win. Well, of course, Xena. Yeah. And then my second favorite is Kenty. So then you double win. You know uh -huh. what? Next time Kristen, Kristen pulls up a review and says, the only thing this person liked about this book was Hunter. <laughs> I'll say, most people only like Xena. Okay. <laughs> That's true. <Yeah. laughs> also, also, let's not, let's not disregard the hate for Kirk. Oh, Kirk. Like, that guy. It's an oh. absolute prick oh. asshole. He's all the words. Oh, I hate that him guy. with a visceral fibre of every my being. And that is fantastic. If you can make someone hate a character so much, that's a feather in your cap. I had to back off on my right. I had to back off too. We washed out a bunch of what I wrote about him because I loathed him and I made him even more reprehensible than he is. We wrote... Um, oh my God. Oh my God. We had to rewrite Hex You... Like we had to completely revise Hexu. Hexu was, we turned it in. When we turned it in, um, Amphitrite was killed, but she doesn't really die. Banished. Her, her banished, she's gone. Like, I think in chapter three. Oh, wow. And there was another, oh. um, there was another monster thing that escaped from the, escaped from the Hindu gate. So we had two monsters oh. in the last book, the Nura Una, and then this um, this demon that escaped from the Hindu gate. And the action was pretty much the same. The same kind of things happened. Um, we turned it in and our editor, uh, Monique Patterson, said, you know what? I love Amphitrite so much. She's such a great antagonist. I think you guys need to revise and keep her in until like, the clim a climactic scene at the end and we were like yeah that sounds she's a great character yeah we can do that and Kristen and I were talking about it we're like it'll be super easy the demon that was released from the Hindu gate um manipulated people's thoughts through whispers Ooh. and so um we were like so we'll banish her body, but her spirit will still be around like the demon from the Hindu gate so oh, we can perfect use some of the same stuff no none of that shit was true we had to completely revise everything rewrite everything it was a massive rewrite but it did work really well um because i really liked both of us really liked that amphitrite was such a great character and stayed in for so much longer um but during the rewrite i also i also like changed things about kirk too because he was even worse <laughs> Oh, oh but I one. love to hate Kirk. Like my oh, one of my favorite things, which I like, I just hated it so much, was the uh, that he called the church ladies the church mommies, and it was just so Ooh. gross. But I loved it. But I hated it. But I loved and how it. He, he, he like thinks he's so charming. Oh, he's such a douchebag. And it's just like, oh, you're so gross. Yeah. Yeah, there are too many, too many young men going down that path. Who yeah. going down that path too? Yeah, Ugh. really liking the younger generations. Okay, they're 
they're <sighs> super pissed off right now and they're they're real tired soul. yep mm -hmm. no definitely with smack hunter <laughs> i just want to slap them both they both need a good slap they both yeah do remember how young they are you know when you're when you're right when i was when i'm riding them it's like ah they're so young because just stop being mad at your sister for god's sake talk to her you know but <laughs> yes right that's the one thing that we scream like every other week was communicate talk to her and no i'm too mad to talk to her and then then she's too mad to listen to me and oh they it's too bad abigail their mother was not around because abigail would have smacked both of them and then made them sit down and okay talk to each other you two get this straight or xena take her paws her big murder men smack them around a little bit oh, and she then, should have she should have the rest her beauty sleep upstairs of course of course she'll get a bag of treats royalty needs a sleep yes <laughs> she's just divine god i love her so much <sighs> she's amazing she is I just love her so much. I don't, I can't even comprehend sometimes how much I love her. So, um, do you have a favorite final thought quote? I don't know. Uh... <laughs> That's where we are now. I'm sorry to just disrupt everything. We're at favorite final thought quote now. Do you have one? Yeah, I'll give you a couple. Okay. What do you got? I don't get jealous. I get Oh, yes, Amphitrite, yes. Yeah, people are assholes. Ugh, people are assholes. Oh, that cat. <laughs> okay, now question. Are you saying that cat, because I say it all the time, are you saying that cat with a period at the end or with an exclamation mark at the end? With a period at the end. Because <laughs> you say one and I'll say the other one. That cat. I love I love them. I love Zena. She's the best. She is. And the real Zena's got Tifty. So Tifty. Yes, we can see Zena. I love yeah, the real Zena. Check out the bonus for that. But yeah, we don't need Zena. Yes, everyone go and look at the bonus. Everyone go and watch the bonus episode. It's very, very important. Oh, but not everyone can watch the bonus episode, Claire. Only our Patreon bonus tier members can watch if that one. And... So they have to join Patreon. the bonus tier. It's yes. quite easy. It is. It is. But but in order to get that video with PC, you gotta join the bonus tier. And and it would be nice, you know, if it's something that you can afford to do. Yeah. 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 Just just always be plugging. Hashtag always be plugging. I've got some favorite final thought quotes as well, in I addition to do. that cat. Yes, I do. I do have one or two. Um, my favorite one, which also hashtag always be plugging, is... Oops, I shouldn't have said fuck. That was inappropriate. Was that inappropriate? 
Yes, sometimes, friends, the only appropriate word is fuck. Visit our shop on Redbubble to get that cross stitch. (laughs) Hashtag always be plugin. Shout out to Superfan Annie for that one. We do need we do need to shout out to Annie for that one. Are you feeling unusually tired? Is your mind filled with feathers? (laughs) (laughs) Cena. Yes, Cena. Yes, it is. That cat. That cat. Um, there's another one that I really like that's like very wrap up the story. Today Uh was the day. Tonight was the night. Now was the moment. I really like that one a lot. Oh, but I also like that cat's ego is going to be bigger than her hair after this. But I kind of already said that one in the episode. And I also like the fact that Kenty told Mercy that she needs to be a potato couch. Because he got confused with you know, couch potato, potato couch. But just, you know, Fictional Hangover has a love of potatoes. Mm, potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Potato? Um, I think <laughs> I think that's all of my favorite final thought quotes. So we should move on to if you liked this, try this. There was lots of quotes about Buffy and I was going to pull them, but I thought, no, I'll be here for about 10 hours, so best not. <laughs> there were so many. I've chosen Where Darkness Blooms by Andrea Hanna. And I've judged the book by its cover. So I put a picture of yes, the cover a, in just just yeah. for a moment to see where everybody else has to go and Google it. Because yes. it's freaky as, and it's like, I think we need to do a book theme where it's like... Creepy fucking flowers on the cover? Just creepy fucking cover, like... So coming out okay. of faces, like what's, it's always, there's always faces involved as well, isn't there? Yes. So we it's need a good to think cover. of something like that. But it is appropriate. The book is appropriate for, for Hexu. So again, it's called Where Darkness Blooms by Andrea Hanna and the summary is from Goodreads. The town of Bishop is known for exactly two things. Reoccurring windstorms and an endless field of sunflowers that stretches farther than the eye can see. And women missing women. So when three more women disappear one stormy night, no one in Bishop is surprised. The case is closed and their daughters are left in their dusty shared house with the shattered pieces of their lives until the wind kicks up a terrible secret at their mother's much-delayed memorial. Secrets come the lies each of the girls is forced to confront. After caring for the other girls, Delilah would like to move on with her boyfriend Bennett, but she can't bear his touch. Whitney has already lost both her mother and her girlfriend, Eleanor, and now her only solace is an old weather vane that seems to whisper to her. Jude, Whitney's twin sister, would rather ignore it all, but the wind kicks up her secret too. The summer fling she had with Delilah's boyfriend. And more than anything, Bo wants answers and she wants them now. Something happened to their mothers and the townsfolk know what it was. She's sure of it. Bishop has always been a strange town, but what the girls don't know is that Bishop was founded on blood, and now it craves theirs. Ooh. And I think it sounds cool. So I'm going to take that out. That does sound fun. I think it sounds like a really creepy, creepy book. Do not like the whole field of sunflowers, because sunflowers are a no. freaky flower. 
book you got? Uh, my book that I selected is called Witches of East End by Melissa de la Cruz. I've read several of Melissa de la Cruz's books, and they're pretty good. So I'm going to suggest this one. The three Beauchamp women, Joanna and her daughters, Freya and Ingrid, live in Northampton, out on the tip of Long Island. Their beautiful, mist-shrouded town seems almost stuck in time, and all three women lead seemingly quiet, uneventful existences. But they are harboring a mighty secret. They are powerful witches banned from using their magic. Joanna can resurrect people from the dead and heal the most serious of injuries. Ingrid, her bookish daughter, has the ability to predict the future and weave knots that can solve anything from infertility to infidelity. And finally, there's Freya, the wild child, who has a charm or a potion that can cure most any heartache. For centuries, all three women have been forced to suppress their abilities, but then Freya, who's about to get married to the wealthy and mysterious Bran Gardner, finds that her increasingly complicated romantic life makes it more difficult than ever to hide her secret. Soon, Ingrid and Joanna confront similar dilemmas, and the Beauchamp women realize they can no longer conceal their true selves. They unearth their wands from the attic, dust off their broomsticks, and begin casting spells on the townspeople. It all seems like a bit of good-natured, innocent magic, but then the mysterious, violent attacks begin to plague the town. When a young girl disappears over the 4th of July weekend, they realize it's time to uncover who and what dark forces are working against them. Ooh. Oh, get out your microwaves! It's Amphitrite! (laughs) Actually, I don't don't know. I don't know who the big bad is in this, but but microwaves will probably help. There's probably some domestic appliance that would help. Probably. So everyone gather your domestic appliances and begin to face the evil that surrounds you. We are going to need a lot of extension cords. Yeah. Anywho, we have a spotlight this week. We do. Uh, this one was actually just released on April 4th. So it, it's just come out. It's called Blood Debts by Terry J. Benton Walker. 30 years ago, a young woman was murdered, a family was lynched, and New Orleans saw the greatest magical massacre in its history. In the days that followed, a throne was stolen from a queen. On the anniversary of these brutal events, Clement and Christina Trudeau, the 16-year-old twin heirs to the powerful, magical, dethroned family, are mourning their father and caring for their sick mother, until, by chance, they discover their mother isn't sick. She's cursed. Cursed by someone on the very magic council their family used to rule. Someone who will come for them next. Christina, once a talented and dedicated practitioner of generational magic, has given up magic for good. An ancient spell is what killed their father, and she was the one who cast it. For Clement, magic is his lifeline, a distraction from his anger and pain, even better than the random guys he hooks up with. Christina and Clement used to be each other's most trusted confidant and friend, 
Now they barely speak. But if they have any hope of discovering who is coming after their family, they'll have to find a way to trust each other and their family's magic, all while solving the decades-old murder that sparked the still-rising tensions between the city's magical and non-magical communities. And if they don't succeed, New Orleans may see another massacre. Or worse. Ooh. Ooh. We love a good New Orleans story. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss Breaking Dawn by Stephanie Meyer. (laughs) Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you like this episode, check out our others, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for her music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.